At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. On Friday mornings, I could either do the show with you or I could juggle Jello. They are the same thing <laughs> from the standpoint <laughs> of trying to keep myself sane. Well, I get to juggle Jello one more day before we're off for three weeks. The hiatus begins after this show. I already have some of our fans in the UK complaining that we're going to be off before we're even off. We're not even off yet. Don't complain until we're off. Now they're going to complain the whole time we're off, but they're already. I've gotten pre-complaints about the hiatus all week long. Big Cat and Big Cat's here for the last show before the break because Sims refuses to work on a Friday, even when it is the last Friday before three weeks off. Big Cat, good morning. How are you? Good morning, and that means that you're doing a good show. If people are pre-complaining that you're going to be off for three weeks, I know that you're excited. We were just talking beforehand, uh, you know, before the show started. You had that last day of school vibes. I think you're going to, you know, probably like spray paint something random or uh, <laughs> key a car. Or, I don't know what you're going to do. You're going to do some kind of hijinks, so I'm ready for it. I just want you to know that I, I take no days off. So it's not last day of school for me. So uh, I'll be ready to roll. I'm focused, determined, ready to win the draft, everything. Happy Friday. Well, thank you. And because of the pandemic, I don't go anywhere and very few people come here. So if I end up keying a car, it will be my own car, which I can't completely rule out. And secondly, I'll continue to be working on the website and doing some video content for PFT. I was trying to tell Sims that earlier this week that I will actually, unlike him, be working for the next three weeks. And of course he doesn't want to hear any of that because he's not going to be doing a damn thing for the next three weeks, but this is the time of year, especially with everything that's happening or not happening in the NFL to maybe take a step back and regroup for whatever is coming in mid to late July. At this point, we don't know. Let's get to it because whether there will be or won't be football this year, I continue to be in there. Will be football camp. You got to get ready. If you 
are a football player to play football, even if the National Football League Players Association has said don't have team workouts until training camp. Tom Brady's still having team workouts that aren't exhibiting a whole lot of the things that you would expect in a pandemic, and they can't be employing the protocols that will be adopted by the NFL and the NFLPA because they haven't been adopted and communicated to the teams in detail yet. I see this as flaunting the workouts and giving a middle finger to the NFLPA. He's open about it. He's bragging about it. He's using it for social media credibility. The FDR quote, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I, that is so reckless. I, and look, I understand he's Tom Brady. I understand Big Cat. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. But that, that's all the more reason for him to not be doing this stuff. He's been the most talked about player the entire offseason. And at a time when all the numbers are going up in most states, in some states alarmingly, you can't be peddling this. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. No, we have to fear a virus that has killed 122,000 plus people and counting. And you need to have it's, – it's, I'm not saying hide under the bed, but, but, but don't, don't go out there and do things that your union is saying don't do and then wear it like some weird badge of honor. That is what I'm having a hard time processing. Can you help me? So, all right. So the quote, I agree with you there. That seems like it's flaunting it. That seems like it's kind of you know sticking a middle finger to uh, the pandemic and the virus. The fact that Tom Brady's out there practicing is the least surprising news ever, because if there's any kind of wiggle room that he's going to take here, if there's any uh, ability to have a loophole and interpretation of the rules to allow him to get an edge, he's going to take it. That's why he's Tom Brady. And I I kind of have no problem with it because you either got to be, it's, it's kind of a, a microcosm for the entire pandemic, Mike. The the ability to, to, to let the public know exactly what's going on to, to be clear from, you know, government, state government, federal government, whatever it may be on exactly what the guidelines are, have been all over the place since day one. And they've had trouble relaying messages. They've been late on messages, the mask thing back, you know, back and forth. So while I'm still wearing a mask and I'm still following all the protocols, you have to also understand there's going to be people who aren't because there is that wiggle room there that they've been able, that they've been allowed by some, uh, really bad leadership yeah i mean and and the wiggle room is going away in some states and people are losing their minds over it because instead of making everyone stay home now at this point in the life of the pandemic people are being required to wear masks by governmental entities and 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 there just continues to be this strange political component where there's a segment of the population that refuses to wear a mask and that will come up with all sorts of justifications that range from disingenuous to bizarre for not wearing a mask out in public, whether to protect themselves, to protect others, to protect family members because they may be asymptomatic carriers who catch it somewhere while not wearing a mask and it never affects them, but then they give it to grandma or grandpa and then grandma or grandpa die. I mean, it's all very simple logic and you've got trained medical experts telling us what we should and shouldn't be doing. And then you've got people out there who are in a position to influence others who are engaging in behavior that is antithetical to the behavior they need to be engaging in. And that's where I put the onus on Tom Brady. He needs to realize that he is Tom Brady. He needs to realize he's not the 199th overall draft pick in this year's selection process, even though he still has that chip on his shoulder. He's got 7.7 million followers on Instagram. People pay attention to him. And I understand he's trying to build his brand, 
but at the same time, he's doing damage because there's two groups that he's affecting. The people who are convinced they should be concerned. That that kind of comment from him yesterday may cause him to say, well, maybe I shouldn't be concerned. Maybe the only thing to fear is fear itself. And then the people who are determined to not be concerned, this is the kind of thing they can seize on to justify their position. Yeah, the only thing to fear is fear itself. Yeah, that and the virus that can kill people and that is killing people and is sickening people. And even if it doesn't kill you, there's more and more evidence that it can have lasting effects on your lung and other parts of your body. And what I can't figure out, Big Cat, I mean, I've got the TB12 book signed by Tom Brady. Not even a humble brag. I mean, it's it's nice. Nice nice book and a nice little message in there and all this stuff about recipes and avocado ice cream and all the things you do to treat your body like a temple. How does that mindset all of a sudden stop when there's a virus that can mess up this oh. temple that he is that he is trying to keep finely tuned and honed with avocado ice cream? I can't I can't bring those two ends together. Oh, I can absolutely rectify those two things because th- think about it. Tom Brady uh, has been successful. He, Tom Brady is one of those guys, and it, it, you see it in every single industry where the success, a lot of times you try to figure out, okay, why was I so successful? Why? What gave me this success? Probably the answer is Tom Brady's really, really good at football and works really, really hard. But he's also found other parts. You know, the, the, the longevity of his career, there's got to be answers for it. So he's found the answer, the TB12 method. So there's a belief in, a, I don't want to call it pseudoscience, but clearly there's a, 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 a search there for what exactly has made Tom Brady Tom Brady and why he's been able to play for so long. So I think that curiosity of, well, something that's maybe outside the box of traditional science, that's why I'm able to do what I'm able to do. And that's probably also the same strain that's finding this virus and saying, I got to go out there and I got to practice and I'm trying to win at all costs and I don't really care. Look, I, Mike, at the end of the day, uh, I just, I think that the message has been bungled and it should have been, I think I said this two months ago, that it should have been from day one to, to actually get to the American public, wear a mask or else we're not going to have football season. They should have been having PSAs where people are sitting down on the couch and it's like you can see the trees, the, the, the leaves falling off the trees, and they turn on the TV, and there's it's a blank screen. And then it says, what is it, you know, could you imagine October without football? Wear a mask. Like, they actually should have made that a message and a selling point because that would get through to people. You know, people don't like to be told what to do. And uh, I think you need to tell them that if they don't follow at least some guidelines, we might not have sports. And I keep watching – all the soccer that's going on in Europe right now, and I get frustrated that we don't have anything going on in America. It's so, so frustrating to watch that happen. And we're going to get to Liverpool in, in their championship yesterday, but I, I just can't I, I can't believe that people can watch sports happening around the globe and being like, why don't we have these back yet? And that has been your message for the past two months, to make it very simple and plain and understandable for the sports fan. And yes, there are altruistic reasons for wanting the pandemic to go away, for wanting the virus to not spread. You don't want people to get sick. You don't want people to die. But from a sports fan's perspective, to the extent you're living in your own little bubble and you feel impervious to the outside world and you don't think you're going to get the virus, the bottom line is if the virus can keep football season from happening, that's reason enough to take the virus seriously because it may take away your ability to enjoy football season. 
former college coach Bill Curry and played in the NFL years ago, he tweeted this yesterday. If Americans had really wanted to watch football this fall, we would have paid attention to mask suggestions and social distancing from the beginning. It's not complicated. And that's what you're saying. And that's separate and apart from the more important aspects of it. But even for the people who truly aren't concerned, it is going to take away something potentially that you care about very deeply. And that's part of the irony of what Tom Brady is doing by sending these messages. Does he not realize that that attitude he's projecting will contribute to the possibility that all this stuff he's doing at the high school field in Tampa is a waste of his time because there may not be football because of it? Yeah. I think what people have failed to learn overall and in the last three months is that by nature, we're kind of all selfish. And in order to get something done, in order to have everyone tug at the same rope at the same time in such a massive scale, you have to play into the people's selfish reasonings. And unfortunately, saying, hey, your neighbor or your grandmother or whatever it may be may die from this. It, it's sad to say, but it really has not hit home in some parts of the country. So guess what will? Football. Football not being there would absolutely hit home because everyone wants to watch football in the fall. And if you don't have that, people are going to be very upset again. And we're going to have no one to blame but ourselves because, again, I go back to watching soccer every single day. And I am watching live sports. And I love live sports. And I'm wondering why we can't have it you know, here stateside. Yeah, and in a weird sort of way, and I'm going to try to psychoanalyze Tom Brady here and a lot of professional athletes, I feel like, especially for Brady, now that he's still playing professional football into his 40s, I feel like that he has managed to extend for 20-plus years that weird sort of invincibility that you feel when you're 18, 19, 20 years old. You're, you know, you're, you're young and you're fit and you, you, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm going to die. So maybe I won't die. Maybe I'll be the one who never dies. You know, like, like you feel invincible, you feel immortal. You feel like you, nothing can touch you. And, and maybe if you can defy the odds and climb to the highest level of the NFL and still play with all these guys much younger than you, you are expanding that, that window as long as you can. And I'll tell you what, I remember when that bubble popped for me. That bubble popped for me 37 years ago Monday when Joe Delaney drowned because I had just graduated high school a few weeks before that. And I was in that kind of like, yeah, this is good, man. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be just like this for the next 100 years. And, and, you know, I'm a huge football fan at the time, and I know who Joe Delaney is very well, and he drowns trying to save three kids in Louisiana. And that is, whoa, that, that's the thing that snaps you out of that. And I feel like... When you have a high level of, of success in professional sports and it continues and continues and continues, you just feel like you're, you're, that doesn't affect me. I'm above all that. That doesn't apply to me. That applies to all the other people out there who are going to age and who are going to die. It doesn't apply to me, the NFL's version of Dorian Gray. Does that make any sense at all? It absolutely makes sense. I think that there, you know, until you're probably 25, I mean, you have a little bit more of a memorable moment. Mine probably was when I had, you know, the first two-day hangover of my life. But you, <laughs> when you're in your early 20s, you feel invincible. And when you're an athlete at the highest level and all these guys are in insane shape and they're in, you know, I, I know that it, it's weird to, to have to, like, couch this, but they're alphas through and through, and they absolutely – are at the tip top of every you know spectrum when it comes to the physical abilities they would of course they feel like they're invincible why wouldn't you feel like you're invincible if you have that type of power and athletic ability and so yeah that that absolutely makes sense mike and i do think it goes back to the tb12 method where 
he has, uh, you know, life hacked a way to play football for so long and be so exceptional at it. There's, he probably thinks that he can life hack a way out of this too. And, and, and there, every once in a while, there's this kind of weird whiff of, of almost kind of a voodoo mindset that he can cure concussions and recover from concussions and concussions aren't a problem. Remember a few years ago, his wife blurted out he's had a bunch of concussions and he has concussions and 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 he never he never disputed it. There's just been this weird sense that he thinks he's got the way to crack the code on that. And 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 maybe he's walking around with the virus thinking, ah, if it happens, I'll figure out a way to crack the code on that as well. I've got an extra suit of armor because of all the avocado ice cream I've eaten. He's not the only one, though, who's been working out. We've showed you videos this week of Russell Wilson throwing passes to DK Metcalf, Drew Brees playing catch with Emmanuel Sanders. Now, not the same look as the Tom Brady workout because it's just two guys very far apart, but, but still the NFLPA has said don't do it until camp arrives. Matthew Stafford out doing the same thing as well, which, uh, hey, I, I'm look, if they're going to – that's that's the thing, Big Cat. If Tom Brady's going to do it and flaunt it, all these other guys can either sit at home and say, well, I'm going to follow the guidelines from the NFL Players Association, or they can go out and prepare themselves for the competition that's coming. That's the, that's the biggest reason why it's stupid for him to flaunt it, because it is going to be the thing that gets all the other guys who would be inclined to comply with what the NFLPA wants them to do to not do it. Yeah, I agree with you. By the way, I just had a sneeze on air. I think that's the first time I ever sneezed on air. It was actually kind of a cute sneeze, so... I'm not going to apologize for it, uh, but thank you for saying God bless you, Mike. This I'm not. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. I'm I'm not surprised whatsoever that other guys are going out there. This is kind of was my first point that Tom Brady, uh, you know, knowing that he's legally allowed to go out there, the the message has been loose and not uh, you know easily decipherable when it comes to from the government telling us what exactly we should be doing, and it's been back and forth. Of course, these guys are going to go out there. They're the ultimate competitors. They see one guy out there who's getting a little bit of an edge, and they're going to go out there and get that same edge. So, yes, I, I'm shocked that more people here's, – here's one thing I always laugh about, Mike. How easy would it be for any of these guys to just go out and play and just not videotape it? Well, that's the other side of the coin. Why do they have to show the world what they're doing? How old are they, right? I, well, that's what I don't get. I, I don't get, and I understand that's the way we are now, and 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 there's 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 uh, followers to be gained, and and everybody's doing it. And hey, look at what I'm doing, look what I'm doing. But for something like this, when you've got the NFLPA who has said don't do it, and yesterday Dr. Alan Sills, the NFL's chief medical officer, on a conference call that was held following an ownership video conference, he said the NFL and the NFLPA are in the same place on this in response to Tom Brady's workouts and players working out. So. It's clear that the people who are running your sport and the people who are in charge of representing you don't want you to do it. I'd like to think at some point there's some little whiff of maturity or awareness or whatever that gets you to say, you know, probably not a good idea to post the photos guess, and the videos on Instagram today. I guess thinking about it myself, just posing that question, it, it, all it takes is one person. And it's probably, you know, I mean, like, I don't even think Matt Stafford has social media. So it's not like, like you can blame him. It just takes one person to to say, oh, I was there or oh, I saw that because that's really what it comes down to. It might not even be the players that are posting it. It's someone who sees them doing it and wants to flex and say, oh, I saw Matthew Stafford in the Lions playing football or I saw Tom Brady in the Bucks. 
playing football. So I guess that's really what it comes down to. And, you know, the coaches have to look at this, Big Cat, and say, no. well, if, I, if, yeah, oh, I, I, I would rather they not do this. I'm glad they're doing it. I mean, look, they right. want their guys to be ready to go. They can't work with their guys. They have their playbooks. And, yeah, they don't want to have guys who show up for the first day of training camp in horrible shape, not ready, with no timing, with no rapport with their teammates. They want guys who are going to be ready to go. And in most years, they do have guys ready to go because of the offseason program. This year, there is none. Kevin Stefanski had a video conference with reporters yesterday, and he was asked about his thoughts on his quarterback, Baker Mayfield, going out and doing the same kinds of things that other quarterbacks are doing. Here's Stefanski. It's their offseason. Uh, we can't really direct them to do anything football-wise in, in this break. So I'll talk to them and just reiterate that I want those guys to, to stay safe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he, he's really upset about the fact that his guys are going out and working out. And, look, this gets into all sorts of other things, too. And Sims and I have talked about this, and, and I don't, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it. But I do think, and this horrifies me, I do think that there are some people in and around football who are almost kind of hoping that key players get this now so they don't have really? to worry about them getting it during the oh, during the season. Yeah. Like yes. you know, get get it get it and get it through you and be positive for the antibodies because then that means you can't catch I mean, and it hasn't been proven yet. We still don't know what it means to have had it, whether that means it keeps you from getting it. But I've talked to people, and it scares the crap out of me to think. And it, ta it takes this Twilight Zone existence that we're currently living in to another level to think that there may be like a fringe guy who thinks, you know what, if I get this virus and I get quarantined and, and I'm, I'm, I don't have any symptoms from it, but they don't let me practice for two weeks, I'm not making the roster. So I may as well just get it now, get it through me, so I don't have to worry about it, and I can try to have a job for this year. Or, or a Tom Brady who doesn't want to get shut down in December for two weeks while they're making a playoff push. So th there's a weird sense of that that's just kind of hovering around. Like, Because I don't know how you actually go ahead and do it. It's not like you can order a bottle of coronavirus on Amazon and drink it and get, you know. I mean, but, but there's still this strange sense I get from talking to people that at a minimum, at a minimum, there are a lot of folks out there that wouldn't be all upset about players getting this and having it through them, and hopefully that means they'll they'll be good to go from late July until as late as early February. Are you surprised at all by that? That's the least surprising news ever, though. I'm not. Like you, you I'm can't. not surprised. Okay. No, it's horrifying, though. Is it not horrifying to think that Mike. there would be grown men? But intentionally Mike. catching a virus that they can communicate to somebody else. That's the thing. If it's just Mike. you, if it's just you, it's fine. The idea that you can give what? it to somebody else is what makes it horrifying. And then you don't know who you killed. It, it, it's, 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 that, that's the thing. That, that's the thing. Remember the, the old Twilight Zone episode with the box? I, I wrote about this when the, when the pandemic first started. They bring you a box and they say, hey, you get a million dollars if you press the button and say, if you press the button, somebody that you don't know dies. Right. And it's that whole moral dilemma. You don't know who it is that dies, but you're killing somebody. And and that's that's what this is kind of you're potentially contributing to the death of somebody who is specifically vulnerable to this virus, because if you go out and intentionally get it, that's what's strange to me about that. And that's what's horrifying about this entire conversation. But that sense is out there.
it's not strange or really hor horrifying to me because I expect it. I'm a realist. You know what I mean? It's it, we're talking about football, Mike. I mean, if 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 you want to follow actual health guidelines, you probably wouldn't be playing football, right? So you're already in the population of people that is like, hey, I'm okay with taking some risks here. I'm not going to live my life sitting, you know, in a bubble and, and and hoping that nothing bad ever happens to me. You're already in that category. And like we said before, you probably think you're invincible and you probably are a little bit selfish. So all of this makes sense to me and none of it is surprising. And I don't know. I, I just think this whole entire uh, last three months, a lot of people have been like, I can't believe how people are acting. And I've just been sitting here and saying, of course I can believe how people are acting. This is how the world kind of works. And it's unfortunate. It's kind of pessimistic. It's a little cynical when you think about it, but it's also very realistic on how human beings act. And it's usually selfishly and for their own self-interest. It's just amazing to think of how this could play out. And if Alanis Morissette wanted to rewrite, isn't it ironic with lyrics that actually reflected irony, the idea that football players would intentionally expose themselves to the virus in the hopes of being available for football season, but in doing that, contribute to the spread of the virus and the growth of the pandemic to the point where it prevents football season from happening, that would be ironic. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, if there are fans at games this season, you will not be hearing anyone yell down in front. We'll explain that next here on Pro Football Talk Live. We don't know how many fans will be in the stands this year and which stadiums will be able to have fans. What we do know is that in the first six to eight rows of all stadiums, the seats will be covered with tarps and advertising will be on those tarps because the bottom line is this. If fans are present, you want to have a buffer zone between the fans and the sidelines. You don't want somebody uh, speaking so loudly or spitting or doing anything that would send potential droplets with virus down in the range of the of the player area. You don't want people throwing things that they've touched down that way. So that that's the idea that's what the NFL is doing and they have indeed decided to do that it's not really surprising especially when you consider it's an opportunity to recapture revenue that's going to be lost if and when there is a reduction in the number of fans that can be present for the game so it's it's not really a win-win because the ultimate win is to have everybody in the stadiums like usual but this is more like making a small batch of chicken salad out of a giant pile of of chicken something else, Big Cat. Those seats stink anyway, Mike. Also, I just want it on the record. I want it to be noted in the pro football talk uh, history books that you rushed us to break after you quoted the unbelievable philosopher Alanis Morissette. So I just want to make sure that the record shows that. Okay, so I these first eight rows, I, have you sat in one of these? Did, did, but, but wait, but wait, but wait. Did did that, did, to you, did that feel like rain, rain on your wedding day? Is that is that oh the God. emotion you had? Would it ten thousand spoons when all you need is a knife? Um, <laughs> the first eight rows stink in a in a football stadium. So I, you know, it, it's actually almost a blessing. Like if I were, if, if they do allow fans, and there are the first eight rows that are that are covered up, and I were someone that that got pushed eight rows back, I'd be thrilled. I'd be absolutely thrilled. If you ever sat front row in a football stadium, it, it it's I not have. watchable. It's not watchable. No, 
It really isn't. Uh, I'd rather be the, up the to first, 300. The first time I ever saw the Vikings play was at Three Rivers Stadium. And out in the parking lot, I did the upgrade from the tickets that I had to the front row. Hey, I got the front row. You get down in the front row, you can't see anything. All you see no. is the backs of the players. That's it. Now, you hear some interesting things, and the Vikings got manhandled that day, and we were right behind their bench, and I heard a lot of words that I already knew because I was in my 20s. But I tell you what, it was, it was loud, and it was profane, and it was access you otherwise don't get, but you don't get to see the football game. Front row for baseball and basketball, 300s for hockey and football. That's how it should always be. That's how you watch the game. All right. Well, those seats will be filled or at least covered this year. And it's still not known what the the teams are collectively going to do. And Big Cat, something we talked about yesterday, I want to get your thoughts on this. Because it occurred to me earlier this week, I was on the score in Chicago with Dan Bernstein, and we were talking about this whole dynamic of no fans and what may happen outside the stadium. You know, if there are places where they don't let fans in, but there isn't a stay-at-home order, you could have thousands of people congregating in the parking lot, treating it like any other game day, tailgating, watching the game on TV, having a communal experience, and nobody can get inside. And the NFL is anticipating that. And I think some teams are already plotting how they could make money off of that. You can supply the beer and you can supply some food and you can charge people to park there. And, you know, if they if they say, no, we can't have this, this isn't safe, whatever perimeter they set up on the other side of that perimeter, that's where everyone's going to congregate. So th- this really, I mean, th- this this broader season of the Twilight Zone has plenty of episodes left. And one of them will consist of, raucous, loud, drunken behavior in the parking lot outside of an empty stadium, and you throw on top of it the frustration that you can't get in, and there'll probably be a hell of a lot more violence outside than there ever would be inside. I don't know. That seems like we're now getting really doomsday, like worrying about everything. I mean, will people tailgate? No, but uh, I'm just – I don't know. What do you think they're going to do in Buffalo? Do you think they're going to stay away from the stadium in Buffalo if they can't get in? Do you think those fans are not going to show up? No, but I don't. So I, it, I'm not going to add. I'm not going to add increased violence to the to the list. No, and like I, no. I don't know. We, we I'm, I'm, I'm talking I'm, about. I'm talking about people out in the out in the parking lot, watching the game out there, drinking all day long, drinking and drinking and drinking, and you throw on the frustration that they're not oh. inside when they want to be inside. That's that extra. That's that extra match thrown into no. the into into the into the pile of of leaves. That's my point. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't buy that as a, a real issue. And I also don't uh, think, you know, drinking and drinking and drinking all day is any different than a regular NFL season. That's, that's a reality of it that, that you, either you realize or you don't. And you're, you're, you know, you're ignorant to the world and you think that people have like two beers and they get in their car and they're fine. Well, it, it's, I think it's going to be a factor that they have to deal with and other things that they have to deal with. And they're not, disclosing anything yet there was a conference call yesterday with several different people from the league and look they're talking about what they're going to do with rosters I think that's a real issue because it's one thing to have procedures in place to keep the players from getting or spreading the virus it's another thing to have procedures in place to backfill your roster when you have an outbreak if you have an outbreak and expanding the practice squad from 12 to 16 which has been discussed 
that's not going to be good enough if you lose 10, 15, 20 guys all of a sudden because they're all positive at the same time. What are you going to do to get players? they got to address a lot of things and a lot of issues. And, you know, baseball's doing it because baseball's on the way back, and I think the NFL is going to study baseball and study what happens with the NBA and is studying what's happening with the Premier League in England. But uh, there's a lot to do. They still intend, Big Cat, to start training camp July 28th. That is one month and two days from now. 32 days away is the start of training camp. There's a lot to do and not a lot of time in which to get it done. And they haven't done a lot by way of letting people know what they're planning, which I think creates this sense of confusion and uncertainty among fans and media that they really do have a plan. Now, I think they do have a plan, and I think they're working hard. At some point, though, they have to share some of those details so the rest of us can say, okay, we, we, feel, we feel a lot better about this than when we do when we're kept completely in the dark. To be honest, they're probably doing what all of us have been doing, and that is to just hope that as every day passes that we uh, something miracle happens and, and we have a vaccine or the virus just goes away. I mean, let's just be honest, Mike. That's, what, that's what's been going through my head, and that's what's been going through a lot of people's head. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if the NFL has something similar going through their head where they're saying, look, we'll start planning stuff, but maybe also come July, come August, it will just be poof gone and we'll be good to go. If that is anywhere in the range of plan A, B, C, D, E, or F, you better get ready to take Gus Duggerton to the NFL and play like 10 different seasons this year. And and because uh, that that's not, to me, a viable solution. And I do believe, I do believe that there is confidence they're going to get this worked out. I do believe they know a lot more than we do about how the virus operates. I believe, and Big Cat, you haven't been here since we talked about this, and I learned about it last Saturday. There is a strong belief among folks in the NFL that outdoor transmission is so much more difficult to accomplish than indoor in confined spaces. They're, they believe that the bulk, and I think this is the prevailing thought now among the experts, although it's hard to get the straight story uh, through the media because it's all over the place. The prevailing thought is that the predominant risk is confined space transmission. That, that all the kids that are getting it at Clemson and elsewhere, they're in the weight room most likely. That's how they're getting it, exhaling, and the, and the droplets hang in the air, and other guys walk into that cloud with their eyes and their noses getting the virus. Outdoor transmission, big under, you know, under a dome type, type situation where it can all dissipate. There's a strong belief that there will not be transmission in those settings. Now, if they're wrong, we won't have football. If they're right, they should be able to work it out. Yeah. Well, I'm just hoping for football. I just, you know, I've given up on uh, any rational thought because I don't have rational thoughts anymore, Mike. We've all gone crazy. Have you ever? Have you ever? Yeah, time to time. Time to time, I'll have right. a, a good thought that will pop in my head. Time to time. OBJ is healthy. The Jets are defending their coach, and an undefeated team in Ohio may have some controversy brewing. Up next, we're going to play a little What's More Likely. PFT Live is back right after this. You know, as it pertains to Jarvis and Odell, I mean, they had two very different surgeries. Uh, so Odell's free and clear. I mean, he's 100%. He's looking really good. And then Jarvis, to his credit, I mean, he's, he's looking great. Uh, some of the videos I've seen of him moving around. Um, so we'll have a plan for them uh, with Joe and, and, and the athletic training staff. Uh, we'll make sure that, that we ramp both of them up uh, appropriately. 
Kevin Stefanski, the Browns coach, talking about receiver Odell Beckham Jr. He was injured most of last year, developed a hernia during training camp that plagued him all year long. Jarvis Landry was also injured for much of the year. They're healthy for now. You know, they all go into the offseason and training camp. They're ready to go when it's time to start, but then they go out and they start getting reps and they start getting hit and they start getting hurt again. But assuming they can stay healthy, what's more likely? That OBJ and Jarvis Landry are a top three receiver duo or their tantrums outnumber their touchdown total? Mm. I would say they're going to be well. Let's 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 do a quick back of the napkin. Who are the who's who else is out there for top three wide receiver duo off the top? Mike of your Evans head. and Chris Godwin. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You could say probably DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald or uh, Christian Julio no, yeah, Jones Christian and Calvin Kirk. Ridley. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure we're missing someone very very obvious here that people are going to get really just, upset at. We did the draft yeah. earlier in the week. I, but that was, you know, anything more than a day ago, I've already forgotten. Let's see. Here Devontae we go. I, I've got the, I've got the list. Back the Packers picked. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins. How can we forget that? Oh, that's. Yep. 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 Michael Thomas okay, so and Emmanuel I'm, Sanders. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that they're going to have, I'm going to say they're going to be a top three wide receiver duo. I'm, I'm bullish on the Browns this year. I think they did some stuff with their offensive line. I, you know, the 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 coaching staff. I just think Baker is going to be, he's going to have a step forward. Last year was humbling for him. I think all those guys, like you see it when you have so much talent and you have a season like they had last year. I think everyone has to wake up and everyone gets a little bit of humble pie. And you see that the following year where that talent finally shines through. So I would I'm going to go with they're going to be a top three wide receiver uh, duo. And, and there won't be many tantrums in Cleveland this year. And you make a good point because even though last year was regarded as an unsuccessful season for the Browns, they still were not horrible. It was just the bar was too high. They did a horrible job of managing expectations. Freddie Kitchens was not suited to be a head coach. Now, some would say that the Browns should have hired Josh McDaniels instead of Kevin Stefanski, but I think Stefanski has been more groomed for this job than Kitchens ever was. Kitchens fell into an offensive coordinator position for half a season. It worked. The quarterback liked him, so let's make him the head coach and see what happens. Well, what happened was it didn't work. This year, I think they are in position to fulfill the expectations because they're lower and they can exceed that bar and everybody in Cleveland can be really happy about it. The Jets started 1-7 and seven last year and finished 6-2. and two. There's been a lot of chatter about safety Jamal Adams wanting out. There was an item in the New York Daily News earlier this week suggesting that Adam Gase, the head coach of the team, is the reason why Jamal Adams wants out offensive linemen Alex Lewis took to social media yesterday to debunk that, to push back against it, and got pretty aggressive about this concept of Gase being the reason Adams wants out. You know, when it boils down to it, here's the thing. Adams was trying to get a contract with the Jets, and he didn't want out until he didn't get the contract that he wanted. So if he'd gotten the contract he'd wanted, he would have stayed. Ipso facto, this doesn't feel like a situation where he just hates the coach and wants out. If they give him what he wants... He's fine. And Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, yesterday talking to reporters, trying to do what he can to extend an olive branch to Jamal Adams. I mean, the bottom line is they're going to offer him whatever they offer him, and he's going to want whatever he wants. What's more likely? He's traded to another team, or he's on a Jets team that is at or above 500 and fighting for a playoff spot come December. Hmm. Uh, I feel like he's just going to be traded. I, You know – 
This is one of those situations, Mike. I, the Jalen Ramsey situation last year changed my perspective on it because I was watching, you know, watching how that unfolded. The entire time, I'm saying to myself, when you have talent like a Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey or Jamal Adams, teams just don't let that talent walk out the door. Just because a guy is disgruntled for you know a period of time doesn't mean they can't figure it out. Because at the end of the day, if you produce and produce at a high level and you're an exceptional player, usually the team will eventually pay what you want and and everything will kind of work out. Watching Jalen Ramsey get traded, though, makes me think that now this is a, a league where, you know, if, if a guy is not happy, he might be able to get traded right away. Even irregardless of, or regardless, sorry, people get mad when you say irregardless, regardless of his talent level. So Jamal Adams, while he should be a Jet, and the Jets should figure out a way to keep him, I actually think that maybe this isn't going to work out, and they will trade him and, and go with draft capital. We talked about this last week, Mike. When you have a front office that didn't draft Jamal Adams, that changes things. Even though he's a great player, even though he's you know one of the top players in his position, if you didn't draft him, you don't have that same loyalty to him, and you say, well, we can go get draft picks that can be my guys if we go trade him. They uh, they teach it irregardless at Wisconsin. Is that where you picked that up? They, I hate I I mean it's just you know what is it idiom? What is that? What it is it idiom? <laughs> kind of like you. You're I think, an idiom. I think I think idiot. I think idiot is the yeah. That's the right term. Yeah. Here's the thing to keep in mind, right? If they're gonna trade Jamal Adams, I I, I don't think you can after Laramie Tunsil last year and then Jalen Ramsey. I don't think you can trade for a guy without getting him signed to a long-term deal. I think that's a mistake, and I think teams recognize that. So in this season of uncertainty, are you going to have all those planets line up just right where you give significant compensation to the Jets to get Jamal Adams, and then you pay him a large amount of money at a time when there's so much uncertainty about everything for next year? What's the salary cap going to be? What are we going to be able to afford? What are these draft picks really worth? I, I, just, I think there's too many moving parts, and that maybe once Jamal Adams settles down and – perhaps Greg Williams is going to be the guy to do it, that he realizes I just need to go forward and let's figure out my future after this season. So I'm going to pick, even though as of a week ago, I figured there's no way to fix this. I think that by the time we get to July 28, folks are going to realize on both sides, they got to find a way to make it work. All right, last one and very important, very important. More likely that Coach Doug, Doug, Coach Doug Duggerton, Coach Gus Duggerton wins a national championship with Toledo, or it's exposed that you're not really playing on the hardest level on the game. What's more likely? Uh, okay, so you, I'm putting you in the camp uh, of all these losers and haters that all you do all day is think about what I'm doing and the level of difficulty. I show the level of difficulty during the game five times. Five times during the game, I'll go and show it to the people, and they still think that I'm not playing at the highest level. So. But wait, but, but wait, that's was. not hard. That's not hard to do when the games are pre-recorded and you can yes, go back and splice true. in the false footage. That's true. That's fair. And then also when you have a lag switch, so you can just hit a button and have everything mess up and then change everything. The conspiracy theories surrounding Gus Duggerton are some of my favorite uh, moments on the internet in the last three months. I swear to you, Mike, the people that are in my Twitch chat stream. If we could harness the brain power, we would have already found a vaccine for coronavirus. That's how smart they are. <laughs> well, uh, you know, and it just shows you what the thirst is 
right now for anything that feels remotely competitive and how badly we want to be able to watch something that isn't scripted, that isn't pre-planned, that is actual competition where no one knows the outcome, which, uh, again, I don't know why they're watching the, the, uh, the rigged games that you're playing, but still, it's close enough. It feels like a real game until you intentionally lose and or otherwise are not playing on the hardest possible level. All right, let's take a break. When we return, Coach Matt Rule of the Carolina Panthers used a bit of hyperbole when discussing his new franchise quarterback, or he hopes he's a franchise quarterback. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Just in and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell. Starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Yeah, obviously have the ability to throw the ball downfield. Teddy's got a great arm. I mean, I think I can remember him. I think it was Ted Ganey threw like a what I would call like a launch route, like 48 yards down the right sideline last year, like to like the 12 yard line uh, against somebody. So he certainly has the arm strength to do it. Matt Rule, Panthers coach, first year in the NFL as a head coach after being very successful at Temple and at Baylor has Teddy Bridgewater as his quarterback. Not a lot of people would say that Teddy Bridgewater has a great arm, a strong arm, a live arm. Now, it was his knee that derailed his career. How would you describe, though, the Teddy Bridgewater arm strength? Not great. I mean, it's adequate. Adequate would be what I would say. Somewhere, uh, let's see. I would say it's actually probably right in the middle of post-surgery Chad Pennington and Josh Allen. It's right there. So that's average, right? Well, and I look at it this way. He just came from New Orleans for a couple of seasons where he backed up Drew Brees. He was 5-0 and last year when Brees was injured, and there have been many questions about the ability or lack thereof of Drew Brees to throw the deep ball. I think Teddy Bridgewater, when he needs to get it down the field, he can. I think he can make the throws, and he's accurate, and he's consistent, and he's working with Joe Brady – who was an assistant with the Saints and knows Teddy Bridgewater. And, and uh, you know, if they, if they design the offense to get the most out of what he can do, then, then he, it can be good enough. It doesn't need to be great. He doesn't need to throw it 80 yards. He just needs to throw it to the open guy on a consistent basis. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, another NFC South quarterback has 
proclaimed that he's the best quarterback in the division. We'll tell you who, and we'll give you our thoughts when Pro Football Talk Live continues right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all-new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.